0: Today, we are gonna be talking about the common sales mistakes that I see people making. And the reason why I recognize them is because I've made every single one of these mistakes myself. Yes, when I was beginning my entrepreneurial journey, when I started my healthcare consulting, and even in my professional speaking and executive coaching business, I made these mistakes. And that's why I wanna share them with you because I don't want you to make them either. You're listening to Be In Demand, Hello, I hope you are having a great week and you're as excited about this particular topic as I am, because I think learning sales skills is so essential. And if you don't like the word sales, take it out and use influence, because that's what sales is. You are influencing somebody to see here's the solution. Here's how I can help you solve that problem. But the whole sales process, there's also something that comes before that call, before even making the offer to the client, do you want to work with them? You know, I had somebody who was doing some work on my house. And when he came by, you know, and he's looking at the job. He was sharing with me that having had 40 years of experience, he doesn't have to say yes all the time. He gets to pick and choose who he wants to work with. He gets to pick and choose the kind of jobs that he wants to do. And that is so true. And that is part of the sales process, you know, is to decide, do I want to work with this person? Because it is okay to say no. So today I want to share with you this month's winner of a free coaching call with me. It is one of my reviewers who left a five-star review, Dana Rokowski. She says, this podcast just launched and I am already loving the content. I feel like we have similar backgrounds and definitely can relate and connect with her. So Dana, please be sure to reach out to me via Instagram, or if we are connected on Facebook, send me a DM, and the link for my Instagram is actually in the show notes. So feel free to reach out to me and let me know, and either myself or my team will get the link for you to book that call. So let's start talking about these sales mistakes. Number one is not knowing who you can help not being crystal clear on who your ideal client is. So here's a great example. And if you're a health coach, please don't be offended. But I use this example when I'm speaking live, virtually speaking with clients because we all know a health coach. We know, I don't know about you, but I know several health coaches. And granted, everybody in the world has health and you can actually help everybody in the world. You actually can't help everybody in the world, if that makes sense. So everybody's got health, but you get to decide. And that's what I encourage you to do is to get specific about who you help. So here's my example with the health coach. You could say like, I'm a health coach and I know lots of people who have health. Matter of fact, that's everybody. Everybody. But the more specific you get, I can actually picture a person. When I'm in a conversation with somebody, if they say something that I make the connection that you would be the perfect person for them, I can then refer you. But that only comes by getting crystal clear on who you help. So for example, if you're a health coach, you could say, I work with busy professionals, either getting ready to get pregnant or who are currently pregnant with their first child and then you would finish the sentence. That's very specific. I know exactly who to refer to you. I know exactly the type of clients that you work with and here's the thing. It doesn't mean that you only work with busy professionals who are having their first child because somebody who's a busy professional who's getting ready to have her third child might want to talk to you but that's how getting specific helps. Number two is not knowing how you specifically help people. You know, it's great that you know who your ideal clients are, but how do you actually help them? And for those of you who know, I come from healthcare. So here's a healthcare example. It would be like if you had a sprained ankle and you weren't sure if it was broken or if it was just like a third degree sprain and you went to the doctors because you needed to get some help and Typically, you're probably expecting an x-ray, an ACE bandage, and they give you a prescription for asthma, an inhaler. You would probably look at the prescription or the inhaler like, what's this for? There's a disconnect. You see what I'm saying? You wouldn't refer anybody to this physician. And that's why getting very specific on how you help your ideal clients with your particular solution. And here's another example. Let's say you decide I'm at a point in my business and I want more lead generation. I want to have an expert in Pinterest start working on my team. So you start interviewing VAs and asking them about their Pinterest knowledge and experience. And if you're on the call with somebody and they start talking about YouTube and how they can help you using YouTube, you might be, but. I don't want to do YouTube. I wanted to do Pinterest and I thought that's what you did. So again, getting very specific about how you help people so that you don't confuse your buyer. Because remember, a confused buyer doesn't buy anything. The third one is not making the ask or offering calls, not offering people the next step, whether that's a product, that's a service. It's getting to know you a little bit better. It's getting to the opt-in so that they can learn a little bit more along your, within your funnel or along the path, as I like to call it. Making the ask is letting others know about a product or a service. And let me tell you that buyers and potential buyers, they are flattered when you ask them. As a matter of fact, my program that I ran last spring called Momentum, I ran it for the first time last spring and I actually invited, I literally picked out the people that I thought would be best for this program. I personally invited them to get on a call, learn about the program and see if it would be a good fit for them. And Momentum is a seven week group program that feels more like private coaching And let me tell you that each one of these ladies who I picked out and personally invited, each of them said yes to the program. And I'll share a little bit more about that later. So don't be afraid to make the ask because people are flattered that you're asking. Number four would be not structuring the sales call. And what I mean by that is not taking control or setting the tone right from the beginning. Your buyer want you to be confident. Your buyer is looking for someone to guide them. So on your sales call, on your discovery call, you want to guide them. You want to guide them through this experience called your sales call, your discovery call, where they're going to learn more. And you also want it to sound very conversational. You know, after you say your hi, hellos, and if you're on a Zoom call, and you just kind of like connect with them on a personal level, you can say something like this. I'm excited that we're getting this chance to actually have this discussion and talk about your business and the goals that you have. Let me share with you a little bit about what's going to happen over the next 20 to 30 minutes. I'm going to ask you some more questions, very similar questions that you answered in the questionnaire to book this call because I want you to dive a little deeper. I really like to hear how you answer these questions and then I'll tell you a little bit about my programs if I feel that you're a good fit for one of them. And then I'll answer any questions that you have, either about my programs or my results or my past experience. Does that sound good? Getting them to say, yes, I like that. So now they're agreeing to the structure of the call. But clients want you to take them on this experience and that call with you one-on-one really should be an experience. The fifth one is not handling objections and you probably were expecting me to say this one also. You know, I don't have the money. I don't have the time. When I sign on a new client, when I sign on my first client, I can hire you. When I sell my used car, when I sell my older laptop, when I sell my house, when the kids go back to school. All of those are just objections. And your job as the coach or the service professional is to make sure that you handle those objections in a conversational way. A manner that doesn't sound like, well, really what you're saying here is you don't want your potential client to get defensive, but you do want to have the conversation. You know, is this just an objection because there's fear? Or is this an objection that's a real objection? And there are ways that you can actually tell the difference. And sometimes that really comes with experience. And again, like I made this mistake again and again, where I just like, if someone said they didn't have the money, I was like, oh, okay. It's okay when you get your tax refund, we'll connect. (laughs) And looking back on it, it's kind of funny. But now I've come up with very creative ways to actually coach them through the objection. Because remember, everybody's got a goal. And if you were listening on the previous episode, it's about connecting that line from their results to their investment. So that they see oh, by paying this, here's my investment in coaching, I'm going to get X, Y, and Z, making that crystal clear to your potential client. There are more mistakes that I actually see and I hear people making when it comes to sales. And this is just one of the things that I work with my private clients. And one other thing that I want to share with you is practice. You may feel like I'm not a born salesperson, And that might be exactly why you're avoiding sales. But let me tell you, with the hundreds of clients that I have worked with in the year, there are very few people who are born salespeople. Most of them that are out there that you admire, they got really good at it. So sales is a skill. And it's a skill that you can learn and you can get really good at. But it doesn't come from reading a book. It comes from actually doing sales calls. It comes from inviting people onto calls. Heck, you can like invite a friend and just say, hey, I want to get really good at sales calls. And maybe even your friend does as well. And you could just alternate taking the position of, you know, being in the different seats and get really good at sales calls, get really good at at handling and taking control of the sales call and getting really good at objections. Because objections do take time. But the point of view that I have, and the one that I teach my clients is that an objection is just a belief. And it's our job as coaches, this is how I look at it. It's my job as a coach to get really curious about that belief. Where did it come from? What makes it a belief? What are the bits and pieces of it so that I can help unpack it for, for my potential clients so that they can see. If anything, it's actually me doing really good coaching right then and there. And that's what I teach my clients. And it's just a skill. So don't make it mean anything if you don't feel like you're good at sales right now. Just get better at it. Set the intention of improving the skill, improving your sales muscle, if you will. So let me know if you have any questions. One of the best places to ask me some questions is right over on Instagram, pop right into my DM. Thanks for hanging out with me. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And join me over in my private Facebook group for more tips, community and free trainings. You'll find the link in the show notes. You can also help this podcast reach more listeners by leaving a review and as a thank you, each month I pick one of my reviewers to win a free coaching call with me. So if you haven't done so already, please leave a review and you could be the next winner.